Hello and welcome to the Source One podcast. Consider us your source for the latest procurement, supply management, and strategic sourcing insights. Anytime, anywhere. There are plenty of reasons that a sourcing project gets delayed, falls short of expectations, or outright fails. One key reason among them is timing. Poor management of a project's timeline is practically a ubiquitous complaint inside and outside of procurement's walls. Yet despite this, we don't always do what we can to maintain timelines to begin with. Long story short, you better be managing your timeline before kicking off your sourcing initiative, or else you'll have some pretty big headaches waiting for you in the near future. Allow me to look into that future for a moment. Your pain starts during the RFP. Potential suppliers see short timelines compared to what their own experience shows them is reasonable and bow out early. Your goal is to cultivate a list of best-in-class suppliers, and losing them now closes the door on potentially great partnerships. Later, the pain piles on internally. It turns out that those timelines were too short, and you've blown past your milestone dates. Management wants to know why. You don't have an answer. The pain continues once the deal is inked. An overly aggressive implementation timeline was put in place to make up for earlier time lost. This causes additional delays with real operational implications. Removing elements of an implementation and stripping down to bare bones may help, but this tactic, while potentially effective, will leave you without services or product functionality you originally bargained for. And if an implementation languishes too long, it may never get off the ground at all. Let's come back to the present. What can we do now to ensure this doesn't happen? The answer is to fully map out your timeline. Of all the dates you know, your implementation date is the most critical and easiest to determine. So let's consider this process moving backwards from finish to start. Implementation. What is your ultimate deadline for implementation? If you're seeking to replace an incumbent that is no longer viable, you'll need your sourcing initiative to wrap up before you run out of time and are forced into a contract renewal. If you're seeking a product or service to fulfill a new need, this will be the latest date the new service can go live without disrupting business. In either case, if remaining inventory is a factor, then identifying the cut-in date will also be needed. With this date in mind, work backwards and determine when an implementation must start in order to hit this deadline. There are several resources you should tap in choosing your start date. Internally, reach out to all frontline stakeholders. In the case of new accounting software, for instance, understand how your IT team and accounting team will participate in the launch. Beyond the time they need to allot to the implementation itself, get a feel for any issues the team can identify that might crop up. Also, get a beat on any other high-priority projects the team is working on that may get in the way. Remember, yours isn't the only project they're working on, and other work streams could extend the implementation timeline. Externally, reach out to your supplier base. The suppliers you reach out to through your RFP live and breathe these implementations every day. Prior to launching an RFP, it's a good idea to start with a request for information to get a better understanding of the typical timelines the supplier sees as feasible for similar projects. Contracting and negotiations. The next steps working backwards are contracting and negotiations. Feeling out how long these processes will take can be difficult. Depending on the number of variables, you could wrap up in weeks or slog through several months. The key is to leverage your understanding of these variables to make an estimation. With largely tactical procurement initiatives, this phase should be relatively short. The focus here is on products with a large supplier base and little risk involved with switching suppliers. As initiatives move towards strategic purposes, these phases can become drawn out. The supplier base may be much smaller, elements of the product are more complicated, 
and the relationship with the supplier will be much more in-depth and critical to operations. The contract itself can range from a handful of pages to 100 or more page documents. Again, there are internal and external resources who can help you figure out the timing here. Internally, now is a great time to get some feedback from your legal department. How quickly do they typically move through this phase? Externally, ask for a standard terms and conditions up front. Get a feel from the suppliers around how willing they will be to modify them. The nature of the product, a physical good compared to a service, is also a variable. In the case of a high availability physical good, suppliers may readily negotiate on price and end the process quickly. Service-oriented suppliers are less likely to compare themselves and their offerings in an apples-to-apples -apples comparison with their competitors, and therefore offer more of a challenge. The RFP With the elements above covered, we now have a clearer understanding of when our RFP will have to wrap up in order to close out negotiations, contracting, and finish the implementation. Now, we simply need to estimate a reasonable amount of time suppliers will need to respond to the RFP. This will be based on several factors. How detailed is the scope of work, and how much time is reasonable for a supplier to work through and understand your requirements? Although your scope of work should always aim to be complete, suppliers will have additional scoping questions to gain a better understanding of your needs. So, how open and available is your team to responding to such questions? How quickly can you turn around answers? The key takeaway here is, don't schedule an RFP launch the same week your team is collectively on vacation. Consider the deliverables you're asking suppliers to provide. Are you asking for a response to a questionnaire with 10 questions or 100? How many items are in your market basket? Will there be an on-site pitch at the end? And if so, how extensive of a presentation are you expecting suppliers to prepare? As you work through the timing of your RFP, remember to keep your suppliers in the loop. A list of key milestones along with all associated deadlines should be a mandatory section of any RFP you release. During your vetting process, share your timeline and make sure suppliers you invite to participate are on board. You'll need to include several dates within your RFP, starting with the release date of the RFP, then a deadline for suppliers to confirm their participation. Next, a deadline for suppliers to send out any questions related to the scope of work or the RFP process in general. You'll also want to include a date that these suppliers can expect to get answers to their questions along with the format either written responses or conference calls to review in greater detail. Then, of course, there's a deadline for submissions date. Depending on the depth of your RFP, you may only have one more date, the date that your team will make a supplier selection. Otherwise, the next key date would be the date that your team will select and notify finalists. That's followed by a planned date range for on-site presentations, and then followed by the final selection of the supplier. Let's be honest, talking about them out loud, that's a lot of dates. The key to successfully managing this timeline is to be firm yet forgiving. On one hand, you need to constantly drive your calendar. Each time you communicate with suppliers, reference the next milestone, its deadline, and the deliverables they owe you or you owe them. Stay in contact and confirm the suppliers are on target. However, also remember that Murphy's Law is in effect. Any number of issues may crop up during your RFP that force deadlines to be extended. Therefore, it's a good idea to build wiggle room into this calendar. For example, we may provide a stated deadline of Monday to deliver any final questions for review and drive towards it. But keep an internal schedule that allows your suppliers to get any questions to you by Wednesday without causing any disruption or jeopardizing your overall timeline. I want to make one final note on incumbents before we wrap up. 
One unfortunately common tactic incumbents use is to intentionally cause delays in an attempt to run out the clock before your contract renews. This is a softball tactic that undercuts your process and forces you into re-signing without fully exploring other options or negotiations. This tactic will be more successful, and therefore more dangerous, for any supplier who provides business-critical products, or who is entrenched and therefore more difficult to change out. You could see this at any point of your process, from RFP through to negotiations and contracting. Call this tactic out for what it is, and move to address it immediately. Keeping tight control of your timeline, staying in communication with the incumbent on their progress, and escalating issues up the ladder when delays crop up are your best defenses. So that's about it. Make no mistake, there's a good amount of legwork to do here. The risk of putting it off, though, can be severe. Keep a measure twice, cut once mentality. Take the time to measure twice now, gather information internally, seek advice externally, and put together a timeline that makes sense. You've been listening to the Source One podcast. For more strategic sourcing and procurement insights every day, visit our blog, The Strategic Sorcerer. Want to provide feedback or suggest a topic for a future episode? Let us know at prrequest at sourceoneinc.com. Thanks for listening.